Welcome in, everybody, to a new episode of Tricks and Picks, episode 12, I think it is. Yeah, I think so. I, I always see so many podcasts that have like episode 1,372 or something like that. I can't even count to like 12. <laughs> I'm just like losing track already. Um, I'm here with Liam. Liam, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Yeah, unlike um, doing, no matter who you are today, uh, you're probably having a better week than Julius Randle. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he, the Knicks right now, Julius Randle, he, I think the Knicks want to trade him. Like it's over for, for Julius Randle and the Knicks. Like this chapter of our lives is just over at this point. The question is, his contract is basically, his contract runs out after this year, 2022, 21, 2021 to 2022, his contract runs out. We've been talking about the Knicks trading him. The thing is, who's going to want him? Right. And what's the value that you're going to get for him? The thing is, Julius Randle is a diva. Now, a lot of NBA players are divas. In fact, a lot of athletes are divas. But most of the time when athletes are divas, their divaness is somewhat justified because they're so good. Well, not justified, but like teams are willing to deal with it because they're that good. Um, like James Harden is one of the biggest divas in the history of sports, but the Sixers didn't really care because he's just that good. Julius Randle isn't good enough to be this much of a diva, like almost James Harden level diva. And so teams just aren't going to want him. At this point, it seems like they're just going to lose out. Like the Knicks are just not going to benefit. They should have tried to trade him earlier. Uh, it, but at this point, it's just not going to work. I shouldn't have. Well, they probably shouldn't have extended him after the playoffs he had um, last year, but they, they, they chose to do it because of how good he was in the season before. But yeah, it's like a, um, it's like a stock like that someone holds on to for too long. Now you sort of have to just cut your losses and take it. But I mean, he, besides, besides the year, uh, so besides 2021, I mean, he, he always was, he, he was never like a great player. Like, I mean, he, he wasn't great at the Lakers. He wasn't great at, at the Knicks, he has one year. Like it's like the Knicks sort of overreacted to one good year of him. One good, not even one good year. One good regular season, right? That was it. One good regular season. Right. Also, you have to consider the fact that it's like I don't have an issue with them extending him. The problem is they didn't really put anybody around him. They put they extended his contract, but they it's not like they put like two other players who were, who were stars around him that he can play off of he they gave him the extension as if he's the star player well he is the problem i mean well, if, you're, if you're to gonna be. do that you're better off just saving the money and don't give him the money right that's what i was saying but yeah i i i, I think it's interesting but i i also think it's interesting that they i mean like they, they really still haven't explained why walker was benched uh for the season uh even though realistically i mean not now i, I don't know actually but uh realistically the Knicks were still are still in it. I mean, they're still sort of in it, but they've been sort of still in the hunt to get into the play in. So it's not like they've won like 10 games this year. I don't know why sort of Walker was benched, who seemed like more of a team player than Randall and has was playing better than Randall for chunks of the season. Uh, you know, they still haven't explained that part. I mean, mathematically, the Knicks are still in it, but realistically, they're not still in it. I mean, I'll, I'll look at it right now just to double check. Yeah, they're four and a half games yeah, behind. Four and a half. There's six games left. Yeah, they're, yeah, but but the point was that they were still in it, well in it, with when they benched Kemba Walker. You're right. They easily could have made the playing game. I don't understand what's going on with this organization. 
it just logistically, it makes no sense. You're right about that. They were definitely still in it when Kemba Walker was benched. What I'm, but at the same time, based on what happened last year and how much better they got last year, just being in it for this year, especially after the money they spent, is just not good enough. Like, they came short of expectations. It's not like they were the Orlando Magic last year and then got then improved gradually. They got worse. So just being in it, when you were clear, when you were a six seed last year, uh, not a six seed. What, four, what were they last four, year? They were six seed. Four, four, four seed. Sorry, four seed last year is just not good enough. Like, like you do have to be better than that when that's what you were coming from and spent all that money. So, like, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, blow the whole thing up. I mean, Tom Thibodeau, he can't coach. He basically sat Kemba Walker the rest of the reason for, for with basically no explanation. He's very stubborn. He doesn't, he's never willing to listen. Like it, the whole thing is just a failure. Blow the whole thing up. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think, Figure yeah. I mean, how many times are they going to do it though? But yeah, I, but just think so like, but they're, but I, I agree that they should, but I mean, you know, if think about they're four and a half back, right? So they're not going to make it, but you know, they had two games in, uh, in February, Portland and, uh, Portland and um, the Nets that they blew 20-something point leads in right back-to-back. They should have won those. And then they sh- they've they lost to the Orlando Magic twice at home, which is four games right there that realistically they could be in it. And so I think that comes down to the coaching of of how they've played as well. I don't think that it's all on Randall. Um, so I agree with that. But I think that an option we do have is, is, is getting um, Donovan Mitchell at the end of the it's starting next season. You think we could actually get him? Yeah. I would like that move. Um, the question is, what's he going to cost? Uh, I don't know, but um, I, I he, not cheap. But, uh, you know, it's it's something they have. They have the room and, and they could unload some guy. Like you said, like they could unload Randall. And sort of create some capital in terms of getting Mitchell. It would have to be a trade, but um, and uh, and then uh, the other guy that they could look at for next year is Zion, obviously. But I, I would say that that right now the the best player if his on the foot team by heels. Yeah, but I would say right now that the best player on the team by far is R.J. Barrett. So the, he would be the piece to build around. Yeah. Yeah. It would definitely be the piece to build around. No question about that. Um, it, it's just disappointing as a fan to watch. I mean, I shouldn't. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, obviously, uh, but just disappointed mm-hmm. that all of this happened. It, it's. It was just the biggest disaster. Well, one of the bigger disasters. Not as big of a disaster as say Phil Jackson running the team, trying to run the team through the triangle offense or like Derek mm-hmm. Fisher as a puppet and all that. So not that big of a disaster, but still a very, very big disappointment, like a sense of regression that we're just, we're just going to have to take this L and move on. Um, So kind of like us this past weekend, uh, you saw, I, I know you watched the elite eight in the final four. Uh, my parlay of the week was close, sort of, it, it went two out of four mm-hmm. and I should have won my UNC-UCLA bet, uh, but UCLA just blew it at the end of the game. I don't know if you saw that game or not. 
Yeah, and yeah, of yeah. course, I had Iowa State over Miami. I'm a complete idiot. I totally thought that Iowa State was so much better than they really were just because they had a couple good wins. It, I said maybe that I was biased because Wisconsin was in my final four, and I thought Wisconsin was just amazing. But Iowa State was just not that good. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think there was a weird sense of like with Iowa State. They were very much, I don't want to say overrated, but a little bit overhyped going in. I thought there was a lot of hype for them just because they had a couple really good wins. But it, it, I just, I was just wrong about that. Other than that, I was almost right about the UNC-UCLA bet, but RIP to that part. Because I actually thought I was going to win that one. I actually thought I was going to win that parlay. Uh, and, I mean, of course, you always think you're going to win, otherwise you're not going to bet it. But, right, of course. But I actually thought that was going to happen during that night. Well, but but um, and my one lost because of Gonzaga. But um, the uh, Iowa State also. I told you about Gonzaga. Yeah, but well, I, uh, I will say I will say about like Gonzaga making it past the Sweet Sixteen is like Mark Few driving sober. It very rarely happens. <laughs> um, but, uh, but um, Iowa State scored fifty points in the in the in the win over. Wisconsin as well. That was more on Wisconsin than it was on. Uh... Well, you could also say they played good defense. Yeah, but we, yeah. Wisconsin could... also lost their best player. They, well, he didn't. He didn't play well. But um, well, right. I mean, he didn't play well. Yeah. Um. He, he was playing though. But um. But yeah. So they scored fifty points. Yeah. Well, listen. But Gonzaga also missed um a thousand open shots. Was I think Gonzaga just no, no no here's the thing Gonzaga didn't have the talent that a one they didn't have a one seed talent let's put it that way they didn't have one seed talent they had four five seed talent they they just played an easy conference and they run very high tempo offense so they get a rebound and then they just lob it down to the other side of the court and that's why they won a bunch of games but they can't just live off of that alone like I don't think they had the talent that a Kansas or a Duke or a UNC has or a Baylor or any of the other, you know, top tier teams in college basketball. Mm. Gonzaga just didn't have that. Well, the, the one seeds, well, there's only one, one, one seed left. So um, the one seeds didn't even fare very well this, uh, this tournament, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if I agree. I, I would agree that they, I don't know. I, I think that they should move to the PAC 12 probably. Um, but I don't know if that would happen, but uh, no, it wouldn't. I, I think that um, they uh, they just just like last year they should have won I thought and then this year it was it, I thought it was set up decently for them to win and they, they didn't um, I mean they they were favored like they just don't have that that last like they get to the final but they just don't have that last uh, that last last exclamation point to uh, to ever uh, fully do it they they, they just, also don't have enough star players. Uh, I mean, they, they have, have one or two, but they don't want number one pick in the draft. UNC, Kentucky, they don't have that. The number one pick in the draft right now, and um, so I, I I don't know about that, but yeah, I I agree that they're not as talented as, as some teams, but they they did have the they do have the uh, lottery pick in Chet Holmgren, and and you should be able to get through. They they should have been able to get through. They 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 should have won the game. That whether during the game, whether they should have won the game. But it, on paper, they should have won the game. They're, be, they're better than Arkansas on paper. Well, 
Kentucky's better than St. Peter's. I mean, that happens all. That's just what college basketball is. They're better. Kentucky they're blew that game. Yeah, they blew that game. Gonzaga blew the game against Arkansas. <laughs> totally blew the game. Uh, you're right. As far as saying when I said they don't have enough stars, what I mean by when they don't have enough stars, I mean like they don't have enough like they don't have a biggest big enough number of stars not that they don't have a couple of really good players but they're not they don't have the recruiting class that say Kentucky UNC or Duke has or Kansas which so usually again Gonzaga just has a really good record but they're usually not as good they're usually not as good as they're often made out to be like if they had played in, in a power five conference or basketball power six uh, I doubt they would have been a one seed. That's my main point. Yeah, but you know what though? Like, I, I don't know. You know, when they the thing is about about Gonzaga is like the every game they play. So if they're gonna play um, Portland or they're gonna play Pacific on a you know Wednesday night, like it's for them, it's a regular for Gonzaga. It's a regular season game in February on a Wednesday night for the team they're playing. It's their Super Bowl. Every yeah. time they play a team, so that I, I think that that is that is a little hard as well. They they have a target on their back every team they play in conference play. Yeah, I, I think there I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, yeah, I, I don't disagree. There is a lot of truth to that. Um, but I also think that because they play in such a small conference, they feel the need to prove themselves. It's like a college basketball version of a short guy complex. Right. Like they have a they have a low they have like a, a small conference complex. I think that they're more motivated to have a better record so they're not overlooked than, say, a Kansas or a Kentucky or UNC is. Well, yeah, of course. They, they, they have to have – because of who they're playing, they're, they're, they're out of conference is what gives them the one seed, though, because they're, they're, not, they're never going to get a, a key win. Now, I will say this year that the West Coast Conference uh, – yeah, the West Coast Conference brought as many teams to the tournament as the Pac-12 did. So um, I, yeah, I will say that, but – the Pac-12 was a disaster this year. I mean, the ACC going into the tournament, I would have told you was a disaster too. But two of the final four teams are in the ACC. I mean, well, what that's, else you know, really ask for? That's also the, the, the they says, you know, the, the we've had two years of um, the Big Ten being the best conference by far in the regular season. And, and none of them even made the uh, Sweet 16 or the elite eight barely none made the elite eight and only a couple made the sweet 16 in those last years. So. Well, you could say the same thing about the sec this year. The sec was, they were, they were like, yeah. they were living large this year, yeah. uh, but all the best teams crapped out. I mean, the best team yeah. in the tournament was Arkansas. Right. But because it it's, you know, when you're in a battle every night, it, it, it wears you down yeah. during the season. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. It does wear them down in a way that, like, it wouldn't wear down a lot of the smaller conference teams. I, I think I think there's a lot of truth to that. Obviously, you saw St. Peter's get crushed by UNC. Uh, we love the Cinderella story uh, until it just crashes and burns because that's always what happens with the Cinderella teams. I'm not saying I root against them. Look, I was rooting hard for St. Peter's. They're a local team. You could basically swim to St. Peter's from where from where you are. Yeah. Uh, uh, so obviously, I, I always root for St. Peter's, but what the Cinderella team always feels like to me is it's it feels sort of like an artificial boom in a sense that like it's kind of like how when you don't eat any food or hardly get any sleep and you just drink coffee or energy drinks all day, like you have a lot of energy for a couple right. of hours, yeah. but then you just crash and burn. You just crash. That's basically what happens with Cinderella teams like St. Peter's. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if yeah they lost, but I mean, I don't know if they cra- like they got to the elite eight. I mean, imagine they they played three, what I would consider, or, sorry, two, excuse me, what I would consider uh, blue or yeah, sorry, they played three, they they beat two and lost to one. What I would consider major blue blood programs: Kentucky, Purdue, and uh, and uh, North Carolina. I mean, again, like I said, when you're in the battles, it it wears you down. I mean, but Kentucky and Purdue were two teams that were uh, predicted to possibly win the title. Like they, they had pretty good odds. So it was amazing what St. Peter's did. I mean, I, I thought that what happened to them on Sunday was going to happen on Friday to Purdue. Um, yeah. And they no, were no, no. There's a lot of truth to that. I, I love the story. I give them credit. I'm just saying the Cinderella stories don't last is my main point. They don't last. Also, I think that the reason now, I don't know, this is just an observation from my point of view about sports fans in general. I think the reason we like the Cinderella story is because we don't get it. I mean, like every year there always very often we hear about a Cinderella story, but the reason we like it is because it's a bit more unusual. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like there's numerous Cinderella teams like St. Peter's every year. If that were the case, we'd just get tired of it. It's because it's not exactly a thing you see every day, which is like St. Peter's. Yeah, like, and, we like the Cinderella story, but in moderation. That's why we like the Cinderella story because we get it in moderation. Yeah, I mean, well, I agree with that. Except, like, it would be, it would be like, you know, one of the biggest stories ever. If if St. Peter's had won the title, you know, it would have been right, would have been amazing. But like, like uh, when um, like Leicester City in England when they won the Premier League and they were five thousand to one odds to win. Like, it's it it, it does create a story. But like we saw. With St. Peter's, like no one would know who, if they if they lost by thirty to Kentucky, no one would know who these kids were, and they they would go on to right. live their lives, whatever. Now you see like what happened. They'll, they'll be in folks. Shaheen Holloway wouldn't have been hired by Seton Hall. Yeah, I, I don't know about that one, but he, I mean, he probably, might not have. But yeah, he might he, not have. He he um he he's gonna be there, and then like people will know these kids forever. I mean, you you'll remember like you'll people will remember uh. If, if if Loyola Chicago didn't hit a buzzer beater against Miami in the first round, no one remember, you know, Sister Jean and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that stuff like lives on. People still talk about George Mason when they made the final four, you know, years yeah. ago. It was like I completely agree with that. <sighs> but let me just say this. I totally agree with all that, which is why college which is why March Madness is so great. Although I will say this. We like it when it's like one team. Not if there's a final four of, say, let's, let's say for the sake of argument, there was a final four of George Mason, VCU, Loyola, Chicago, and St. Peter's. Yeah. You think that has good ratings? Uh, no, but, but no. I, I, Miami, yeah, Miami, but Miami is also, uh, Miami is also a major program as well, though. But, um, I didn't say Miami. You get a comment that said Miami. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, oh, okay. I didn't see but, that. Miami two, number ten seed in the league. Yeah, you know what? I I do think that the committee, that the selection committee, is more right than they get credit for. Uh, consistently, it's. I mean, a lot of times one seeds don't make it, but usually in the final four, it's like three out of four, or at least the two seed. Mm-hmm. All of them are top ten, yeah. and if they're and even if they're seated kind of low within the top ten, it's usually a top tier program. Like I do think that the the selection committee is far better at mm-hmm. is far better at uh selecting the teams than they often get credit for. Oh yeah, they they they're terrific and and um 
and they're they're pretty good with uh, the seating and and stuff like that. I mean, you really don't have like many complaints um, when it comes down to it. Like, if you look at guys who like who like study the bracketology and and you know like Joe Lenardi stuff like that, they normally get like sixty seven of the sixty eight teams in. Like, yeah, that they pretty so so they're they're pretty good with it. Even though I thought Texas A and M probably should have made it this. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and they, they're probably going to win the NIT on Thursday. But, um, but yeah, I, I agree. And, um, and and so they're they're pretty good with it. But you you just never know with I, – I didn't think that Miami would have – you know, I, I had USC beating them. I, I watched Miami most of the year. They weren't that terrific. And then they, they can make a run. I mean, it, it just – it, it depends. I mean, they, they were good in the in the conference tournament, and then you get a little hot, and and you can do it, and you get the right matchups. They had some stuff fall in place. Auburn didn't play as well. Sad for Madison Pruitt, but uh, <laughs> they, they didn't play as well, and uh, and they were able to get uh, to get there. I will say, Miami, they they uh, they just didn't come out for the second half of that game on Sunday. No, they, they didn't. It was, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad, but it's not like Kansas wasn't expected to win anyway. So uh, we do have the final four coming up, obviously. Uh, now I do have the odds. Hold on a second. I do have the odds right in front of me for, do you know who is most likely now? I think you're, you're going to be able to get this. Who's most likely according to the Vegas odds to win it all, to win it all. Duke. You're, you're correct. You're correct. It's Duke. It's, uh, it's going to be Duke, Kansas, Villanova, North Carolina. I would say in that order. No, no. It's the op. You're you're almost right. Duke, Kansas, but, North Carolina, Villanova. Correct. I guess the I guess the I guess Vegas right now doesn't love because of the injury to Moore. I guess that's the reason why uh, I can't be so sure completely. Uh, yeah. So I, I got the futures in front of me right now. It's Duke plus one sixty, Kansas plus one eighty. North Carolina plus four seventy five and Villanova plus five hundred. So Villanova Kansas a lot. What's that? That means they like Kansas a lot to beat Villanova. They like well, they also like Duke a lot to beat UNC. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I, I guess it, I think there is. I mean, Duke clearly are in this case the heavy favorites. I think they're a better team than UNC. Uh, I, oh, I in this game, they're a better team than UNC. But I, 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 when it comes to Kansas, I think it'd be closer. But this is this is the better game for UNC. But uh, but I, I think as some somebody pushed this this narrative, it, it, Duke. If with with everything that's going on, Duke is this is sort of like like uh, when when the U.S. beat Russia in the Miracle on Ice. That wasn't even a final game; it was a semifinal game. But no one no one even knows who they played in the final. If Duke beats UNC like in the last in the final four of Coach K's last year, like that will be talked about more than if they win the title. Even I think. Like it's yeah, such a- um, I don't know about that, actually. It's Coach K's last year. Do you think that it would be – let's say for the sake of argument, Coach K beats UNC and then wins and then wins the title. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to be talked about more that he beat UNC in the Final Four or that he won the national championship the final game of his career? Yeah, that's that's possible as well, but I think it, it'll be it'll be heavily – people will remember that they beat North Carolina. I mean, imagine, this is the first time they've ever – it's hard to imagine, but – this is the first time they've ever played in the NCAA tournament. The first time, oh, Duke and Carolina have ever played in the NCAA tournament. You mean in the final? In the NCAA tournament. Oh, right, right. Oh, okay. NCAA tournament. Right, right. So, so this is yeah. a big game. Yeah, it's a huge game. 
I think that, but I still think that they would talk about it more if Coach K had if Coach K had won the had won the national championship. I think that yeah, would be talked I mean, about. But yeah, but I, right. I mean, I think also if they lose in the national championship, people will not remember that as much. It'll be like a footnote of the final season. Yeah, they've already done so much, but yeah, it would be like if. It would almost be like if in Derek Jeter's final season, the Yankees had lost in the World Series. Yeah. It would be, it, it be kind of like that. So uh, we do have the parlay of the week. Uh, we did just talk about this a little, but so here's yours, uh, your parlay. Can you just read that to me? Because I think a few of those include soccer. Yeah, it's a cross-sport parlay. Two of them are soccer. So I have Chelsea minus 295 to beat Brentford. They're much better than Brentford. Liverpool minus eight thirty-five to beat uh, Watford. Liverpool needed to win. Um, de- the Nuggets to beat the Pacers tonight. The Nuggets do need to win there, and they're much better than the Pacers. The Pacers are sort of checked out. Uh, and then I have Kansas and Duke both to win. Um, I- I'd be worried. The, the one that I'd be, uh, I guess, the one that I'd be most worried about is Denver tonight because the NBA is very fickle. But a lot of people, I think, don't realize that Denver still need to win. Um, to avoid the yeah. play-in, they're only a game ahead of Minnesota right now. Um, so I would take that. But yeah, I like Duke and Kansas. Um, Villanova, they have an injury, um, and I just didn't think they were. Imp- they they should have lost that Houston game. And uh, I'm impressed with how Kansas has been playing, and I think Duke is uh, the better team. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's much. You're not going to get any debate from me about Duke and Kansas being the clear being the superior teams. As much as I don't like Duke. Um, I don't like Duke because coach, they remind me of the Yankees, so I can't really root for them. Uh, so, so my parlay is, all right, the Wizards minus three and a half versus Orlando. Uh, Hornets money line against the Knicks because the Knicks are just, like we said before, they're a dumpster fire right now. After everything that happened, I can't imagine after everything that happened, I, I just can't imagine them. I, I don't see them pulling off a win. Like, the Horn, like they're just too distracted at this point. The Hornets should be easily be able to beat them, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, Memphis minus uh, six and a half against the Spurs. The reason I took Memphis is because they're actually the best team against the spread. Yeah, in the that's NBA. true. That's true, yeah. They're the best team against the spread. So I do obviously trust them a lot over San Antonio. Um, I took Kansas minus against the spread and um, – the over in the North Carolina Duke game. I'm liking the over. Actually, I should have included, but I didn't include it in this parlay. Um, I, even though I didn't include it in the parlay, I like the under in the Villanova Kansas game. I really like the under. If you see, there's a very clear, um, there, there's a very clear uh, different. Uh, you can very clearly differentiate the two. Uh, hold on, I'm just pulling it up right now. Okay, so the Duke Carolina. Over under is 151. 151. The other one's 132. The Villanova Kansas one is 133. 132 and a half. Yeah. I mean, clearly, I, well, the reason, the reason I like the under that game is because Villanova, oh. even though they have an injury, they do play very good defense. Also, more, almost, yeah, they use the, you're right. They, 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 they have play, the smallest pace. They, they have, they're, they're like 300th in pace. They yeah, those yeah, they play. They're very slow in the pace that they play. They're not. They're not like Gonzaga or Kansas who really are push it. Uh, and also, their defense is very good. They gave up a combined ninety nine points to Houston and Michigan. Yeah, 
That's how good their defense yeah. has been. So in terms of the under, I really like the under. Um, Kansas, yeah, I, I mean, like you said, Kansas really does look like the better team. But in terms of, I think it's going to be close. Like, I don't think Kansas gonna, is going to blow them out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I like Kansas. I would probably take Kansas on the on the um on, on the spread as well, four and a half. But uh I will say to the other ones, I took the Hornet. I, I was stunned that the Hornets were only two point favorites tonight um against the Knicks. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I took the Hornets. But I, the the one thing that I would say about Memphis, even though I, I do like Memphis, they've been playing great, but uh San Antonio needs to win. That's the only thing. Um and Memphis doesn't. Yeah, the, uh, only for seeding, but not much. But San Antonio is right now in a tie with the Lakers. Well, that shouldn't um, be difficult to beat. <laughs> I, want, I want to get your uh, your take on a, a college basketball story real quick, by the way. Okay. Um, so uh, St. Peter's beat Murray State in the uh, second round of um, the tournament. Uh, Murray State uh, today, not all in one day, but as of today – Every single scholarship player on Murray State transferred. Every single every single player, every single scholarship player they have transferred. How many scholarship players do they have? I think about seven. They have seven scholars. That's it. Every single one of them. But um, where did they transfer to? I never heard the story. They're just in the portal. Oh, oh, they didn't transfer any place yet. Yeah, but I they just just entered the portal. Yeah, I, I, I would think you would have to you would have to look at firing the coach if you're Murray State. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to fire the coach. I, I mean, or at least consider firing the coach. Um, how long have they had their head coach? I, I don't know anything about Maurice. I don't now. know either, but uh, that was just a story I saw today. But um, but it's uh, the, sort of the, the transfer portal has made college basketball even more fun because now all these guys are transferring. But uh, yeah, wow. Well, oh yeah, he left. You're right. You're right. He left Murray State to go to LSU, but. Um, still it's a crazy, but I, I, you think normally that, I mean, normally they, they keep some players after the coach leaves, but, um, seven players, every single scholarship player, it was every scholarship player. Yeah. I guess that's part of being in like being a smaller school, like Murray state, the players think that they can do better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure some guys will transfer out of St. Peter's. Wow. I mean, well, I guess the coach – well, since the coach went to uh, LS, took, uh, took a job at LSU, uh, but the question is, like, would they have fired him had he – maybe the reason that they're entering the transfer portal is because the coach left. Yeah, it's part of the reason, but normally they keep some players. I mean, Texas Tech kept a lot of their players when, uh, when Chris I think the players out. don't have any faith in the organization. Yeah. In the organizational process. So they're just sort of like – they just don't have faith in it. And they're like, okay, the coach is gone. I'm going to, that's probably what they're saying. Yeah. I, I'd be interested to see if that happens at Memphis. Cause Memphis is probably going to fire Penny Hardaway um, in the coming weeks. So I'd be how many scholarship players do they have? Do you know? Probably similar. I, I think every team gets the same amount of scholarship players, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, well, the same reason that uh, uh, LSU's coach Bill Wade was fired is the same reason that Penny Hardaway will probably be fired as well. But, violations yeah, yeah um but yeah it's crazy that's story. interesting I, I did i did not know that i did not know that uh so i don't know if you saw um tom brady might be uh i mean obviously he's back uh tom brady though might actually i saw a story that he might actually want to come back and haunt the nfc east like the grim <laughs> reaper that he is yeah i i don't think that was true though but 
Um, essentially, I think, I don't know what your take is, but I think essentially what happened is that Tom Brady wanted to be traded out of Tampa Bay. And he said to Tampa Bay that he would retire. And they said, okay, retire. And then when he retired, he sort of like, I think he was bluffing when he retired, which he was. Yeah. And he didn't think that Tampa Bay would call it. And they did. And so then he found himself two months where he was like, well, now I have to make a decision before they get a quarterback. Yeah, and I think so, too. You know, what I think might have happened was Tampa Bay called him up and was like, all right, if you're going to come out of retirement, do it now. Because, you know, we need our we need every guy to come back. And it, I know I think that's true. I think he just didn't want to retire. And, but he also didn't want to be in Tampa. I don't know why he didn't want to be in Tampa exactly. It's not like he's not on a winning. He doesn't team. get along with. He doesn't get along with Bruce Arians. Nobody gets along with Bruce Arians. He doesn't have okay, a good reputation. He yeah, doesn't have a good reputation. But, um, but I yeah, I basically think that he he wanted to go somewhere else, and Tampa wasn't going to let him, and he didn't think that Tampa Bay was going to sort of let him retire. They thought, but they did. So. Um, that's sort of what happened. But yeah, I, I don't see him leaving though because of that. Like they were willing to let him retire. I don't think they're going to trade him. Yeah, I don't know. That might be true. But at the same time, he could also just go to them and say, look, I won you a championship. I did my part. Can you trade me? Yeah. Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean they have to do it or that they're going to do it. I'm just saying I think that, that might have happened. his mindset. I think that might have happened already. But yeah, maybe it was his mind. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, if he were to go back to the AFC East, that would just be, I mean, unless he's going to the Jets, but he would almost certainly come back just to haunt the Jets. But, but he would go to like Miami or something. I mean, imagine just, like a, a week ago, terror. imagine like a week ago, they thought that you thought that uh, the Jets might get Tyreek Hill. And now it's possible that the Dolphins get Tyreek Hill and uh, Tom Brady. And you would have Tom Brady and Josh Allen in the same division. And Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick. The, like the biggest, like like the Jets would be the bottom of the barrel for at least a decade. It would just I mean, be a disaster. I mean, right now you would, I, I don't know what you think, but I would, the Jets have the worst quarterback in the division, right? Um, We don't know yet. It, it just depends on what happens. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I, I, it's 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 tough for Jets fans because even though they made they I thought they made good moves in the offseason, but they still don't have a deep threat, um, and uh, they, they still have problems with uh, secondary and stuff. So yeah, no, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You know, we'll no, see about the whole. You're going to draft Kyle Hamilton, possibly. So yeah, it, we'll see what happens coming up. I don't know who's. I don't know how good or bad Zach Wilson's going to be in. in throughout his career, like upcoming mm-hmm. this season. Like I, I just, there's just no way I'm going to know. And I just have to wait for that to happen. Maybe we do, but it's also worth noting to a stinks too. Like he has no accuracy. He's always hurt. Who knows? I don't know. I, I thought he did. He did better than, than Wilson last year, but I, I think that, yeah, yeah I don't know. But we, what I'm saying is we don't know. Maybe Zach Wilson gets a lot better this year. Yeah. And Tua could get a lot better. Mac Jones could get a lot better, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's uh it's they, they've sort of fallen back, but I, I think the Jets are in a tough position because even if you do, how much moves can you make to sort of be competitive in the AFC right now? No, the Jets have gotten worse, have, are in a worse position, but not because of anything they did, right? Exactly, just because of everything that happened in their division. Exactly. A bunch of players you don't want going to your division are going there, like that's really the only reason why 
they're doing a lot worse than they were before. Exactly. Like it, it wasn't that strong of a, a conference when they got to the AFC Championship game two years no. ago. It, it wasn't as strong of a conference and or or strong of a division. Right. But it was also easier in, in that time frame to have a quarterback like Mark Sanchez and make it to the AFC Championship game. Right. Than it is today. Uh, there weren't the same number of elite quarterbacks and offenses as there right. are now. So at the time, it was a bit more feasible. It also didn't last. Right. It wasn't like you were consistently going to be one of the best teams in the AFC with Mark Sanchez as your quarterback and Rex Ryan as your head coach and just re- relying on the run game and the defense. That wasn't going to happen realistically. So we had our fun when it happened, and then that was just it. Since for 10 years now, we haven't made the playoffs. That's what happened? They haven't made the playoffs at all. Eleven years. Eleven years. They haven't made the playoffs at all. No. Wow. Not in eleven years. Oh wow. I was fourteen the last time they made the. I, I was thirteen the last time they made the playoffs. Jeez. That's how. That's how long ago it was. Jeez. Yeah, that's that's what it's like being a being a Jet fan. Being a, a Jet fan. Uh, so I know we talked about Baker Mayfield a little last year. Uh, last year. Last week. Last. <laughs> last week. Uh, do you think there's any chance he goes to the Giants? Yeah, I do, actually. Would you take him? Yeah, I would. Why I not? think most Giant fans yeah. don't like him. I th- Yeah, but but like you said, it's like the boomers. Uh, most yeah. Giants, I mean, listen, but but a lot of Giants fans wanted to hang on to Eli Manning too long. and, and They, they and, would have held on to Eli Manning when he was like 90 years old and in a walker. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would – yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think that the best idea I, – I, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't – uh, bring back Saquon Barkley um in it, it, it just he's such a liability right now um injury wise I think he's a great running back when he's playing but I wouldn't bring him back and I would bring in Mayfield I mean I still think they need to probably draft a quarterback at some point but uh I I think it's I I think that we just need to admit that it's over with Daniel Jones I mean he's just not the person that they want and it's hard listen it's not it's hard to even though I think they held on to Eli Manning too long it's hard to replace that guy, you know. The, Brett, like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers is like the only one where they've really replaced the guy really well. I mean, look at like Ben Roethlisberger left, and the Steelers are doing like not. They have like Mitchell Trubisky right now. Yeah, no, no, no. you're, you're right about that. It's hard to do. I just think Giant fans need to accept that, which not all Giant, a lot of Giant fans haven't. I know you have. A lot of I think Giant fans kind of need to accept the fact that they're a losing franchise. Yeah, well, you know, but uh, he says the Giants have no shot. Yeah, but but they would. It depends what they would trade because they could they could trade, they they could work around the cap. Like yeah, I'm not saying they should spend a ridiculous amount of money for Baker Mayfield, but it's worth noting that for a team like the Giants, Baker Mayfield is a huge step up. Yeah. like he's a like I'm not saying he's a first battle Hall of Famer or anything like that, but for a losing franchise like the Giants, you could use a guy like Baker Mayfield, especially when you know you're not going to keep Daniel Jones long term. So if you know you're not going to keep Daniel Jones long term, why not go for something better? Yeah, I mean think about I, I mean think about this. Tyrod Taylor is going to make more money this year than Daniel Jones. Yeah, that's, of, that's crazy. Um, this is the rookie deal. I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking up the odds for Baker Mayfield, but nothing's changed. Uh, based on this article from last week, which is the best I could do, uh, it still says it has the full odds for his teams are 
the Colts at 350 plus 350 at number one, the Panthers plus 450, uh, the Falcons plus a thousand, the Seahawks plus 500. So I did see last week when I checked it, the Seahawks are number one. Yeah. The Seahawks are number one. Now, for some reason, it's the Colts plus 450. Because the Colts got rid of um, Wentz, obviously. But they got rid of Wentz before before last week. Yeah, that's true. So I, I don't know why that would be the case. I mean, they they got rid of him before that, so you never know why that might have been the case. Um, I don't know if you saw this. Um, Eric Church, I guess he's a country singer. I never heard of him. Um, Eric Church, uh, he canceled his concert to watch the Final Four. Yeah. To to watch the uh, UNC Duke game. What I'd like to know is who plans on going to a concert during the Final Four? That's like Holy Week for sports fans. Uh, Eric Church fans. The one thing I will say is, if 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 he was so um, such a big UNC fan, and he, why why did he even schedule the the concert on that day? Like you would think he would he would be confident they would get to the final four. Yeah, I mean he's a UN, like I was thinking the same thing. He's a UNC fan. He knows. I mean he knows there's a good chance that UNC makes the final four pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, a losing franchise for the past decade, not all time. Okay. For the past decade is what matters. I don't care about all time. Like, does it matter that the Yankee? It doesn't matter that the Yankees have twenty-seven rings, or does it matter that they haven't won in the past decade? <laughs> like, the past decade is where what we're living in. Why does it matter if they're losing? Like, obviously they're not losing franchise all time, but it doesn't matter. None of it matters. What matters is what you are right now. I don't know. It's craziness to me. Uh, so I would totally never go to a concert during the final four. And I'm not even a UNC fan. I'm not really a fan of anybody and I wouldn't do that. So why would he schedule one during the final four? Yeah, that's, you know, but, um, but yeah, so I, that's, that was my takeaway is if he was so confident, he could have just, you know, well, I don't know what this, the schedule is of the arena, but it's the games in new Orleans and the, um, the concert is in San Antonio. So he can probably get there in a, in a couple of hours on a private, plane which i'm sure yeah he's selling out arenas so uh you know you just do it like you know if you did it the next day or the day before like you know, yeah yeah I, I i agree but and i i think it's kind of but i do think i do think in the in the with the facts that happen that it's kind of i i disagree with him canceling it i mean you sort you sort of mess up everyone's schedule like you know you move it to another day and people can't go to that you know so no, i agree completely and it was like a week before he canceled it, yeah. Like, like not even a week before. Like that's some yeah. bullshit. Especially when people travel and like get hotel, pay for hotels, right? But like it just to see you, and then you just cancel it like that. Like that's some bullshit right there, right? Like, like, like as a fan, just don't schedule it. Then that's right. it. Especially in, in in like Texas, where like people live really far from like from like everything. Like so, like yeah. people might drive like five hours to go to that concert. Like you know. Like yeah. Like, yeah. Well, well, now they're not going to drive five hours, but right. still, like they, they just basically cleared up all their plans just to see him, and now he's yeah. like. But uh, my, my, what I would say is, just don't plan it. Like, like I would never go see a concert during uh during the final four. Uh, you see Mike Francesa starting his own podcast. I did. I think it's it's uh, started already. I think it's up already, right? Yeah, it's up already. He has an interview with Jay Wright. It only took him about two years to get into the podcast game after leaving WFAN. Right. 
and called it the Mike Francesa podcast. Very creative name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Very creative. I don't know. I don't know how I'll ever compete with such brilliance uh, with that title. Um, no, Francesa is a legend. I'll give him that. He's a legend. Um, but yeah, he's doing it with Bet Rivers Casino. Yeah. Yeah. But, he is. So is it like a gambling? Like, why is he doing it with Bet Rivers Casino? Is it a gambling? Well, I don't know. Show? That could just be the partner. But uh, yeah, I think there'll probably be gambling aspect of it. Um, he, he used to, he's, he has talked about gambling on the show. Like, he used to do picks, whatever. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting. I mean, the, the way he, it was very weird because the way he um, ended. So it, if for people who don't know in um, 2017, he had a full retirement tour. He did like every remote show, every whatever, and he retired and he had a, a last show at the radio hall of fame and all this stuff. And then they put in another show and about, I don't know how long it was, maybe two months, three months. It wasn't very long. Three months later, he came back, took the spot of the show, basically messed up the entire schedule of the radio station. Um, Lost, in the end, lost three people their jobs. And then... In a studio that was named after him. Yeah, it was named after him. (laughs) And then COVID happened, and he moved from an afternoon show to being on like six to six 30. And then he just sort of stopped doing the show. It was very weird because he'd already ended the show pretty perfectly in 2017. And then it was one of the worst endings I think ever. Like it, it just ended. And then, yeah, I, I was surprised they didn't get into podcasting. I thought that he might've gone to either Sirius or gone to podcasting after he left FAN, but I think that he didn't want to do podcast. He said, uh, like, I, I think that he just didn't understand podcasting very well and didn't want to do it. I think he really kind of wanted to be on the radio, but just wanted to leave WFAN because he was on so long. I think that's kind of what happened. Like, I think he'd rather be live and, like, take a bunch of calls than, right. than like, just record a podcast and then post it later. That that's, right. He seems like that kind of guy. But, yeah, but, but what he did, like, against – you know, with WFM was so like ridiculous. Yeah, it was um, such a dick move. And it was ridiculous, by the way, too. Like, like Francesa was obviously number one, and but uh, like three months into the um, show, which was Maggie Gray, Chris Carlin, and Bart Scott, um, they, they like WFM like canceled, basically freaked out because the ratings were low. But three months in, like that's not gonna, you know, it's it was three months, and it was January, February, March. Like, so it wasn't, it wasn't going to be like the greatest ratings anyway. Like they, they kind of just overreacted. So his career ended very weird, but yeah, I mean, I would listen, even though I will say like the thing about the podcast is like him interacting with people. Sorry about that. What what were you saying? Like Him interacting with other callers was the best part of his show. So like he he loses a lot of that with a podcast. Yeah, you do. I mean, you could do it, but it's not as con- like it's not as it's not like somebody's in their car listening to the show. It's right. A, it's a little different, like that. It, it's not like like Mad Dog went to. I mean, Francesca was very successful on his own. There's yeah. no doubt about that. But it's worth noting that when Mad Dog left WFAN, he went to Sirius. When Francesca left WFAN, he went to Bet Rivers Casino and had a failed. Three years later. Yeah, no, but don't forget the failed app. Like, he was just horrible. Right, he had an app. Yeah, I forgot to add that, that he did have an app that just didn't work. 
Well, he, 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 he charged three ninety nine a month. It was it was ten, it was nine dollars a month. I'm sorry, nine dollars a month. Right, nine dollars a month. I pay less money for Apple Music. Right. So it, that, I have access to almost every all music in the world. Right. But somehow Francesca's voice is worth ten dollars a month. But if, if someone uh, the, the the bad part of the podcast, like if someone calls in and says that Jason Giambi should coach the Knicks this year, like it'll just be edited out, like instead of like yeah. coming off the air in in reality. But yeah, I I, I think he's. Uh, Obviously, he's, he's he was legendary, and, and he's sort of the founding father, or him and Mad Dog, of current sports radio. But yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Yeah. All right. So thanks for coming on. Uh, Thank thanks you. for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll be back. I'll be back next week uh, around the same time at uh, three o'clock. Uh, thanks for listening.